Welcome in, everybody. Uh, this is episode four of the Brews, Buds, and Dubs Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Victor Porkis, your commissioner. Alongside with me, Alex Roberts, a.k.a. The Harvested Method. How are we doing, Alex? I'm great. I'm doing great this week, Victor. I, I feel great. Big win. How uh-huh. about yourself? How are you feeling this week, Victor? You know, I've been better, for sure. It's been a, been a rough week. Rough couple of weeks for me in our league. Uh, but it's all right. We It's a long season. we still got some time to go. Um, should be uh, an interesting episode here today. We're going to go, obviously, over this past weekend. Just quickly recap that. Going to go over the highest scoring running back and the highest scoring team. Go over some ballers and some bums from this weekend as well. Um, and then, obviously, going into our regular segment. So I'm ready to get this thing started. Uh, Roberts, if you want to take us away, and we'll start with who the highest scoring running back was this week. Yeah, and I think uh, most people probably know they paid attention to the group me. Weber made out like a bandit this week, had a big time performance once again, um, and leading the way for him, kind of, slightly leading the way. He had other players that really led the way. But uh, Derek Henry, number one running back, that was started. That's one of the key things this week. There was a couple players that, uh, Outscored Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry puts up a solid week. Nothing record-breaking. Um, twenty about twenty-three points, solid week, but beat everybody else out this week. So, um, twenty-three points for Derrick Henry and uh, ten bucks in Weber's pocket. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure you called that this past weekend as well too. So we'll be getting into that. So good call out there. Absolutely. Um, Just talking about those, talking about those highest-scoring running backs. Um, Khalil Herbert sitting on waiver wires. Fun story in that Mike Evans trade that I made with Garrett last week. He was offered to me instead of Tyler Boyd. And I said, oh, I'll take Tyler Boyd. Don't really care either way. And uh, he went off, but he's on waivers right now. So everybody strap in. And then Jamal Williams sitting on Mitch's bench behind Josh Jacobs also outscored Derrick Henry. Um, another big time uh, screw up on by playing Josh, ja- Josh Jacobs there. Uh, Could have had some money in your pocket this week, Mitch. That is right. He could have. That, that's funny. Yeah. I actually didn't even put that together because I was yep. like, all right, he won his matchup anyway. So yeah. it's not like it was needed, but he did leave some money on the table this past week. And then a couple of other running backs, uh, which, like I said, we're going to get into the ballers here in just a little bit. But these ones weren't mentioned. But uh, Saquon and James Robinson both kind of uh, were chasing that highest scoring running back. It was actually very attainable. It wasn't like Derek Henry set the highest bar that he could with 20 with 22 points. But um, I think I, I think plenty of players, cause both those guys are my guys. I played Saquon and James Robinson, both, both on my team. And, uh, I think there was plenty of people this week that were just like, well, if they just score one more touchdown, I could get number one running back. There was plenty of guys where you were like just 30 more yards. And I was, I was watching that game late last night, final drive. And I was hoping Saquon could get a couple catches, few yards, but didn't happen. So congrats it could, Weber. It could have been two weeks in a row that Weber got robbed at the high scoring position <laughs> yes. player on Monday night. So <laughs> Um, and then leading it th- from that into highest scoring team is none other than Weber himself as well. He just had a great, great week. Lamar is very good at football, guys. He's that I, I don't know if you knew that or not. I don't know if the Ravens know that uh, yet. They haven't paid him. So he's uh, he's going nuts right now. Um, I think nobody even came close to him in the QB competition when it comes to no. points. <laughs> I think Josh Allen, who he played against, had 400 passing yards, 50 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and Lamar still outscored him by 13 points. Um, 
So just unbelievable. First three weeks for Lamar have just been incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, has a has a huge, uh, huge advantage in that running game. He's like a cheat code back yep. there. So yep. absolutely. A couple other guys on his team that showed up big. We talked about Derrick Henry. Nick Chubb did what he does, scored a touchdown, which brought him over that 20-point mark. And then Devonta Smith just went off this week. Looked like a first-round top-10 wide receiver, and, you know, it was a really good performance from him. Yeah, he did. He went crazy. I could have used some of his, you know, receptions more towards A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown didn't have a bad week or anything, but it would have been helpful if uh, I got what Devonta Smith was getting over there. So. Yeah, and Weber even puts up the top score with, I think, a high – the top – Probably a fourth-round draft pick, I'm guessing. Kyle Pitts on his bench. Bench Kyle Pitts, the bold strategy. And Kyle Pitts did actually outscore Tyler Higby this week, um, but he still had no problem putting up the number one uh, number one performance. Yeah, whoever went full coach mode this week decided <laughs> to put Kyle Pitts on the bench and let him know that he's not God, and if he doesn't start producing, he's not going to get the start. Absolutely. But Kyle Pitts does go off for about his bench with not like crazy, but for a tight end, those are good numbers. Eleven point two points. You're you you're hoping that you can get those points from your tight end. Uh, but it's not like his replacement did that bad. Tyler nope. Higby was still able to get him eight points. So yep, yep. absolutely. Uh going on, let's move over to the recap of week three. Just gonna run through matchup scores. I'm gonna do some rounding up. So I'm not telling you guys decimal points, um, but Mitch comes out on top against uh, Nate and Steven Glansberg, 120 to 100. We have Weber coming out on top, obviously, against Prater Taters, 165 to 105. Marquis coming out on top against Victor Corcus and doing lines on Waller Street, 102 to 90, a low scoring matchup there. And then Harbison Method uh, beats Garrett, 147 to 97. Um following a trade and uh, taking the player and beating him again that week as well. Uh, one matchup I do want to delve in a little bit deeper is Nick versus Allen. The closest matchup of the week, seven point spread. Well, final spread, um, 105 to 97. Um, the biggest thing I want to bring up, Vic, is what do you think about Nick's starting lineup by playing Miles Sanders and Allen Robinson over Adam Thielen? Thielen hasn't produced a ton this year, uh, but had a juicy matchup against the Lions. I don't think you can necessarily blame him, um, but if you play Thielen, he wins. So just thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. And again, uh, like you said, you can't blame him. I, I don't blame him for not starting Thielen. Um, when looking at it, I probably would have, I mean, it's always hindsight, right? I mean, yeah, looking at it, you're right, sure. I would have started Thielen. I really don't know what I would have done between Robin, Allen Robinson and Allen Thielen, only because it's not like Arizona's had a great defense this year. So you were hoping that maybe Matt Stafford was looking towards Allen Robinson's way some more if, Al if Cooper Cup was getting covered, but Cooper Cup doesn't get covered. It doesn't matter who he's playing. So it's kind of tough uh, going with that call, but there was a lot of talks with Adam Thielen having a good matchup this week. Justin Jefferson always taking a bunch of attention, and that's leaving up space for Adam Thielen, who was absolutely destroying Amani Awarie uh, <laughs> this cooking. weekend. It Just was cooking them all day long. <laughs> it was frustrating. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's what it is. I've told Nick and a lot of people all the time, you live and die with the decisions that you make, and he made that decision to uh, not start Adam Thielen and start Allen Robinson. I definitely would have started Miles Sanders. Yep. It, definitely just between that Adam Thielen and, and Allen Robinson. Yep. And it's tough. Allen Robinson's such a solid name. He's younger. He's in a better offense. Um, but like I said, like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's mm -hmm. obvious for us to point it out now, but it is interesting just how one small decision can impact your fantasy week. He just really believed that Detroit was going to kill it. 
against Minnesota on this is what I'm going to say. And he just didn't, th- he didn't want to be part of the problem. If, uh, if Minnesota beat us, which they did. But. I respect that. That was kind of my concept. <laughs> by, uh, I kept Kirk Cousins in my lineup for the exact opposite reason. I said, well, if the Lions get smacked, then I'll be happy. If I lose in fantasy football and the Lions win, I'll also be happy. Um, unfortunately, Kirk Cousins did not go off, but the Lions did still find a way to lose. So that was uh, that didn't, my plan did not work out to the fullest extent. I don't want to talk about it. No, we're done. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's talk about some studs this week. Since we're not going into individual matchups, let's talk about some ballers this week that came up, showed out. Uh, you want to go with just uh, the couple quarterbacks we got listed there, Vic? Yeah, sure thing. So I uh, already discussed him. Uh, Lamar Jackson just goes nuclear 40-plus points this week. He did that last week as well. So he's just killing it. Um, and then Jalen Hurts on my team, that felt great, you know, watching him put up the points. Unfortunately, the rest of my team decided to not follow him. So, uh, but it's good to see that I have somebody leading the team with in Jalen Hurts that can put up a lot of points at the QB position. Um, and then one of the running backs that I had here was, was Cordero Patterson. It's just a couple good weeks in a row now, actually three yeah. good weeks in a row now. So he is who he is. Uh, he's a beast. He's actually even not really getting targeted, mm-hmm. which oh, yeah. is which he's is weird. It, he's really just being used as a running back, which his whole thing was he's a wide receiver slash running back, and he's doing this with no target, with really no targets. Yep. So he still has a higher ceiling than what he's been putting up, which is crazy. For sure. And just for anybody that's wondering, Vic did not add Jalen Hurts to this list. I did. Jalen Hurts has been extremely impressive the first few weeks, so I thought we definitely had to throw him on there. Um, would love to have him on my team. A um, couple left, still couple of skill guys left to go over for ballers. Devontae Smith, we touched on big time week. Not, I don't believe he was number one wide receiver. Don't have it pulled up in front of me, but still top. He's probably top five wide receiver on the week. And then Amari Cooper. Um, he didn't do anything unbelievable, but he put up 20 points again. He's been consistent all year. I did not see that coming with Jacoby Brissett. I've never been a huge fan of Amari Cooper, but I've always just kind of understood he's a good football player. And you're starting to see it this year, um, even in a scary Cleveland offense. They're producing. So I guess it's not a bad offense, but it's just something I never wanted to be a part of. Yeah. I mean, they're two and one. The Amari Cooper, they – they bring him. He was there. His obviously outside of Deshaun Watson, uh, Amari <laughs> Cooper was the spat, the splash free agent pickup uh, from Dallas, which I'm pretty sure they got him for like nothing. Fifth round uh, as right as well. So he's doing what he's always done, which is be a good wide receiver. I mean, he yep. he is coming. I think he was in he was at Alabama, right in college. Comes out, does well in Oakland or Las Vegas now, does well in Dallas, still gets traded <laughs> yeah. to Cleveland. It's like they don't like him for whatever reason, even though he yeah. his stats back him up. Yep. So it was a, a, a great game by Amari Cooper. Uh, I had to go against it, which sucked watching. <laughs> um, but and then I would say another uh, one other baller as well, uh, Mark Andrews sitting on your team. Two phenomenal weeks. Lamar Jackson's going back to him. They had a great um relationship last year and they're doing it again this year and mark andrews is going uh nuclear and in, uh in regards to the tight end position yeah absolutely hoping for another big week this week knowing how tight ends work though when i need him to go off he'll not show up but i hope i mean you can't have anything you can't ask for anything more out of mark andrews his down week week one was still 10 11 points out of yep. the tight end position that's all you can ask for so yeah for sure moving into bums we're not going to talk about uh many tight ends because there's plenty of bums in the tight end category. Cause it's so hard to find that guy. Um, mm-hmm. 
but some bums this week. I'm just going to start with uh, running backs because there's a long, long list of them. Um, I'm probably going to leave a whole bunch of them out, but just a few that stand out. Um, Joe Mixon, just a bad week. Five points. Not good. Aaron Jones, same thing. Bad week. Um, Alvin Kamara is more of a long-term bum for me so far this year. I loved Alvin Kamara this year, and he is just not showing it. He's dealt with injuries. He's missed time. Um, but I'm interested to see if he has any anything in him this year to be a you know that top 10, top 15 running back. Yeah, no, it's tough to see because you you like you read these names and like these players are should should be giving you good points every week. Yep. They right like just from past experience and when they don't and you're relying on them it really does hurt your team you know so uh, i don't there's obviously other running backs that probably did worse i think you know daryl henderson only had a couple of points you just traded him away sorry garrett i know you have to feel that um but when you see mix and camara and aaron jones it it hurts a little bit more because these guys used to be matchup proof and now it's are they're not like what's yeah. going on here? You know? Just hard to predict, which is the weird thing. And yeah. those are the goes of the guys. Those high draft picks shouldn't be hard to predict. You should count on a bad week should be 10 points and a great week should be 20, but right. it shouldn't be the five points, six points consistently. So we'll see. Sure. Fantasy football is crazy. So they might be fine for the rest of the season, but. Yeah. Uh, moving into some more skill position players here. Uh, Justin Jefferson on your team. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda locked I like, down. <laughs> I love to say it. Jeff Okuda did lock him down, which is great. I guess there was a lot of double teams, supposedly. I didn't yeah. really, I haven't seen any film or anything on it, but at the end of the day, Jeff Okuda was the one who had Justin Jefferson on lockdown all game. Um he was the one shadowing him and covering him and Justin Jefferson had his worst game of the year so far, which was shocking because he had a bad game last week. Mm-hmm. Does even comes back and does even worse against our Detroit Lions. Uh, which is the pot one positive that you know that really did come out of that game outside of you know Jamal Williams doing his thing for Lions with DeAndre Swift out. But, yep. Um, and then you can go into the to the rest of them. I think there's a couple of QBs and another. Yeah, yeah. Um, so two quarterbacks that stick out to me um, who were not the highest of draft picks, but Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, both didn't help you this week. Didn't help you win. Think Stafford had 10 points. Kyler Murray had 13, but it's just not what you expected out of that matchup between those two, those two teams. You would have thought points, high powered offenses. And if you watch the game, it's just not what it was. It was just no fun to watch and uh, just two bums this week. Yeah. I mean, we talked about both of these players last week. I talked about both these players last week, making their comebacks. They look like they're like they're their old selves again. And then they play each other and, they just crash and burn again. I, I, Arizona, for whatever reason, just they they don't look like a well-oiled machine. They look yeah. bad out there, and I don't know what's happening with Stafford. Um, he's just inconsistent. It looks like so through the first three weeks, he's just been very inconsistent. So we'll see. We have to wait and see for him. But Arizona as a team just doesn't look like good. Yeah, no i i've I've invested heavily in Arizona across my leagues this year. And um, starting to have some concerns. Yeah, I mean, even just for Kyler Murray, like yeah, Kyler, dude, you're the, the points. You're the fastest dude. Like you, yeah. you, you run. Yeah, you're five ten. <laughs> it's not like you're supposed to stand there and try to look over your your offensive lineman and make the best throw ever. Like run. Yeah, yeah, that's the weirdest thing too. You know? Is his rushing stats. Of I was watching him in a league, and it was I don't know however 
long through the game and he had like 200 passing yards and that was all of his points. There yeah. was no rushing yards. There was no touchdown. I was like, what? That's not why you draft Kyler Murray. For sure. You know, the, the other thing, just not involving Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, but another quarterback like that that's just blowing my mind is Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, I don't. That whole offense. I, same thing with same thing as Arizona. You just what's going on in, the, in that offense? I think Russell Wilson needs to start running, too. Like, I don't yeah. understand what his problem is. I yeah. believe it's his decision that he's not wanting to make those runs mm-hmm. like he's you're not a pocket passer. You made your money and you made who you were by rolling out, scrambling mm-hmm. and throwing bombs. Like you yeah. need to get back to that. You can't just stand in the pocket and think you're going to make every pass start running again. Cause you can move. Yeah. Um, but Hey, yeah, absolutely. And then just last, last bum, I'll call him out real fast and you can talk about him Cause you experienced the pain more than anybody. Darren Waller, just bad week again. Yeah. I mean, my whole entire team really <laughs> just betrayed me this week. I, I, even when Marky had a bad week, I had a, you know, a week to take advantage of it. My team somehow did worse than his. So, but yeah, Darren Waller ends up doing little to nothing. That Las Vegas team, 0-3 right now, uh, not what I expected at all. I thought that Derek Carr was going to be able to utilize all those weapons, um, including Devontae. And you, I know Hunter Renfro was out, but all of a sudden this Matt Collins guy comes out of nowhere mm-hmm. and he's the second. So you were right earlier. Devontae Smith was the highest wide receiver this week and in points. And then underneath of him was Matt Collins, this backup wide receiver for Las Vegas. So he was just killing it. And Derek Carr was getting the ball to him and it just wasn't going to Darren Waller and, and Devontae Adams, but We'll see what happens there as well. They, they need to turn it around their own three, and they really shouldn't be right now, just given that roster, what you're looking at. Yeah. All right. Well, so that was last week. So last week's over. We're not going to quite move into the future just yet. we got one segment here to kind of look back at the first three weeks of the season. This is a segment I did not even prep big for. He has no idea what it is. Um, but we're going to roll into it and see – just get some quick quick reactions from Vic. Um, I'll – put my two cents in on these, some of these guys, but um, I'm just calling this red alert. So I just want to know your level of concern on these players. Are you high alert, low alert, whatever? We don't need to use any specific words, but I just want to run through some players quickly, um, throw out some names out there just off the top. Don't need to go too deep into all the stats. If you need any stats, we'll look them up um, to see where you stand. I grabbed one. I tried to grab one guy from every team. So you're talking about someone on everybody's team. Um, so we'll start sure. off. We just briefly touched on it. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Where are you at with him with uh, your alert? I mean, you're not worried about him, just the talent level, because you're going to be playing him. He's You, you can't not sit him. Um, I don't know what's going to happen this in this next game for him against New Orleans. So if you have another possibly another bad game with, um, with Marshawn Lattimore probably being the one that's going to cover him in that game, um, I still wouldn't be freaking out. It's Justin Jefferson. The guy is great. You saw what he can do in week one. I don't – Green Bay, I guess, just didn't decide to show up that day considering every both te- these last two teams have been able to lock Justin Jefferson down. But I think it's going to get fixed, and especially with Adam Thien being involved more in that offense like he was this past week. Um, I, I wouldn't be worried about Justin Jefferson. It. It feels surface. It's like a surface level worry. That's it. My only thing, my only worry with Justin Jefferson is not about how good it is about how good he can be. 
I know he's going to be fine. He's going to be good. It's can he be that top tier first round, first wide receiver off the board? He was second in our league, but a lot of people were taking him first wide receiver off the board. Can he be that guy, that top two, top three guy who outscores those other receivers by a ton? And I don't know about that yet, but we'll wait. We'll see. Long yeah, season. For sure. um, how about DJ Moore? Um, a whole Very bunch of worried. Very worried. I mean, just that Carolina offense. Hey, I know, obviously, <laughs> Um, Baker Mayfield was supposed to be, you know, the guy to come in and hopefully, you know, take care of that team and take them to the next level. And everybody in the off season was, were saying that him and, you know, uh, Sam are in a QB battle, QB competition throughout off season. And everybody's like, we already know it's not a QB competition. They're just saying that it's a QB competition. But I mean, when you look at Baker Mayfield's play, he doesn't look like he's lights out or anything. I think it was actually a QB competition yeah. and, and Baker somehow is a little bit better than, than Sam Darnold. Uh, but yes, I'm worried about DJ Moore. He's their number one wide receiver and not being used like he, like he should be. Yep. Um, uh, I'm very red alert, big red yeah. alert for DJ Moore. Absolutely. I'm sure a couple of these we can get through rather quickly. DeAndre Swift. These are more injury concerns and performance concerns. He's on yeah. your team. So it's close to home. How are you feeling? I mean, I'm not going to be worried about him if they actually take care of him right these next couple of weeks. That's fine. Like, sit him out. I guess it's a big hit to my team, but I'd rather him sit out these next two weeks, not only for my fantasy team, but for the Lions just in general. If they take care of this, these injuries that he has right now early on, give him a break. I'm not going to be worried about it. But if he keep, they keep trying to rush him back, then that's what I'm going to be worried because he's not being utilized as much. His, his share in the offense, in the games – he got taken out last yes uh, this past Sunday. He wasn't being used as much because of these injuries. He's obviously clearly the better back, but they're trying to baby him. I'd rather them sit him out <laughs> instead of trying to baby him through each game. Yeah. Um, another guy here, Jonathan Taylor. It's kind of similar to DeAndre Swift. He's he's being he's fine. He's been fine, but he has not been Jonathan Taylor. He hasn't been the number one pick um, this yeah. year. So how do you feel about him this year? Well, that's just the frustration that you that you have to live with, right? He's good for you. I mean, he, he'll put up some points, and he won't ruin your week or anything, but he's not a number one pick. The red alert there, it, it's not like DJ Moore red mm-hmm. alert, but it will start getting there if they don't start using him more as well. Yeah, similar, similar guy, similar situation. Joe Mixon started off best game of the season was week one and has mm-hmm. continually – to regress as we've gone through the season. Yeah, I think this offensive line in Cincinnati is somehow starting to get a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, get, not, can't get worse. Yeah, it can't get. I'm not really <laughs> worried about Joe Mixon. I think he, you know, he had that ankle injury or whatever it may be in the fourth quarter this past Sunday, and he didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. And he didn't get the touchdown pass early on in the game. and went to Samaj P. Ryan, so which you hate to see, mm-hmm. but more often than not, that's actually going to end up being Joe Mixon getting the touchdown. So I'm not really worried about Joe Mixon. Yeah. Um, Kyle Pitts, we touched on him briefly earlier, but what about him season long outlook for him? You know, you're just hoping that it's not going to be what it's been through this past three weeks, which is bad game, bad game, good game, bad game, bad game, good game. You just, you're not going to know where, yeah. when he's going to go off. Cause that's, that's, what's going to be frustrating. And you're going to be for, you're going to feel like, well, I guess he didn't start him this week, but you are going to feel like you're forced to play Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. every single week. So yeah. Yeah. you're just hoping that that, that doesn't doesn't happen we'll see what he does next week exactly um last few here uh alan robinson 
uh, low I mean, target share, <laughs> low points. Let's just blend this into all three because it looks like you have three LA Rams. Oh, you're right. You're right. LA you're right, Rams yeah. here. So we'll put it all into one. Yeah. So let me um, just uh, talk about each of them real quick and then we'll go into it. So Allen Robinson, first one. Um, second one, Matt Stafford. Obviously, he's the guy that get, gets Allen Robinson the ball. And then the last one is Cam Akers. I would look at Cam Akers in a little bit of a different light just because we were all the way out in Cam Akers after week one and now things have changed. So, yeah, how do you feel about those three guys, the Rams offense as a whole, minus Cooper Cup? Okay, Allen Robinson, worried. Cam Akers, um, he's, his stock is rising to what, you know, people who drafted him thought he was going to be. And unfortunately, Daryl Henderson just not coming in and taking it away. Cam Akers is coming back and earning his spot, you know. So I think I'm not worried about Cam Akers. I'd be more worried about Daryl Henderson. The red alert on Daryl Henderson right now with Cam Akers. Coming in high, Allen Robinson, uh, going back to that, I, that I don't know what's going on. I just don't think he's getting open or Stafford really just doesn't like him. And uh, Stafford, it's a, it's, it's a red alert, uh, I think. I think they're trying to not get him to throw the ball as much. They're doing a lot of end arounds um, in L.A. right now, and they're running the ball a lot with Cam Akers because he's, he's starting to do his thing. I don't think he's just – he's just not going to be putting up 5,000 yards this year. That's how he made his points was he was throwing a whole bunch of yards, throwing the ball all over the yard. This year he's not doing that. So you're not looking at an elite talent quarterback anymore. I think Stafford just falls into that streamer category. He he can be on the waivers. You can play him against good matchups. Probably don't want to play him against great – you know, good defenses. So that's kind of where he's at. And then last guy, um, Leonard Fournette. Missing the touchdowns hasn't been hasn't killed your team any week, um, but has not had that great week yet either. Yeah, um, it's easy to look at it and be like, yeah, I'm worried, but Tampa Bay is probably getting that box just stacked against them right now. Yeah, they, that, they don't have anybody. I mean, their threats are Scotty Miller and Cole Beasley, who just got off the way just got off the waivers basically for them. Yeah, so. Of course, Leonard Fournette's going to have a hard time, especially in that game. Green Bay's not a bad defense either, but there's no threats on the outside for them to be worried about, and they're going to also focus on Leonard Fournette because he's going to be the best offensive piece that they have right now until his wide receivers come back. Yeah, and he's on the field a ton. When that that Bucks offense, I have full confidence in Tom Brady. It will be straightened out by week five, week six, and he can come in and, and have a, a very solid rest of the year. Might even get to the point where the receivers are so efficient, he may lose some of that share of the offense, but that's okay. He'll he'll be fine. Um, he'll make up for it somehow. No, yeah. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll, yeah. th- they'll make up for it somehow. Yeah, touchdowns will go up if the offense is more efficient. So. Yep. All right. Let's move on over. We'll move over to uh, my favorite segment this week. We were right. I think I have two things in here, thankfully. Um Actually, no, only one's mine. One's Vic. So I was only right about one thing. Derrick Henry, number one running back, called that out last week. Wasn't 100% true, but uh, had an inkling he might finally wake up. Um, and then, Vic, I think you had one on the second one. Yeah, uh, Justin Herbert, just not having a good game. I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was that game, just in general. Yeah. I, I'd be, <laughs> I, I said, coming from, <laughs> coming from somebody who started the Los Angeles Chargers defense that really ruined my, <laughs> my week. Um, yeah. I said, uh, I think I said Jacksonville will, might cover. It'll be a close game. And uh, yeah. boy, did they cover <laughs> man. Oh man. That was brutal. Um, 
I just don't think Justin Herbert needs to play next week either. So we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, Jacksonville plays played really well. Yes, they did. Very good game. Moving on to the thing that we have way more of. Uh, we were not right. Typically, there's gonna be more in this category. I predicted I predicted Leonard Fournette to have two touchdowns once again had zero, and I predicted Dalvin Cook under ten fantasy points. Maybe that was hopeful because the Lions were playing them, as we talked about a few times, um, but that did not come to fruition. So I did predict that Dalvin Cook was going to have a big part in that game against us. Um, but what I wasn't right about was DeAndre Swift getting 18 to 20 points. Yeah. I thought that he was going to be way more healthy than he was. Obviously, he wasn't, and he didn't get used as much um, as we were hoping he would, but it goes from an ankle injury to a shoulder injury in that game, and they just decided not you know, make it any worse and they took him out. So yep. I was really, really wrong on that one. Yep. Just a quick, quick check-in on two weekly segments. Josh Jacobs suck tracker. Um, we told, we touched on him briefly, so I'm not going to go too far into it. Should have just played Jamal Williams over him. Um, Would have had some money, you know, in that pocket of yours. He had a fine week this week. He outscored his projection. He didn't, he did not suck this week, but you had better options on your team. Anything else on Josh Jacobs, Vic? I mean, no, I got, I got nothing to say. He's the only thing I'd say is I'm it's slowly getting to where I was wrong. I mean, it's, it's he, he continues to get more points than he has, right? He's gone up every single week in points. I think he went from 7.8, 8.6, now to 12.2. Um, still not getting either in the red zone though. I don't know why he can't get into the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they keep using him, like, like they're using him, well, he might be okay. <laughs> he might be okay. We'll see, I though. Hate, it's a long season. Things I hate to change. say it, but yeah. I don't know. That Las Vegas team is confusing me. They keep using yeah. him more, and they keep losing. So maybe they just need to stop using him just in general, and maybe they'll start winning. Possibly. Um, highlighting two quarterback leagues, how, how there's just great players on waivers. I didn't go too far in depth this week. Trevor Lawrence had a great week against Los Angeles, sitting on waivers, 25 fantasy points. Plenty of us would have traded that. Thankfully, no matchups came within seven. Um, Nick would have been the closest if Nick played um, Trevor Lawrence over Patrick Mahomes, which who in their right mind would do that. That's kind of the point <laughs> of this. That's kind of the point of this segment is there's so many good quarterbacks that probably more should be played. Um, but if he played him over Patrick Mahomes, he would have lost by like 0.1 um, instead of losing by seven. But just pointing out there's guys in the waivers, especially in the quarterback position. He just kept getting such great field <laughs> position. Yeah. He was like in the red zone. Yep. Which I mean, he could have, had more yards. He could have put up more points. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he, but was he, throwing, he was throwing the rock. He was, yeah. he looks he good. Them, he does. He's, yeah. he's going to be special. I think mm-hmm. that Jackson, the whole entire Jacksonville team is looking good right now. If they make some moves, maybe by tra- the trade deadline, they could be a serious contender somewhere. Yeah. Um, waiver wire winner of the week. I have uh Steven Glansberg. Nate made a big addition on Saturday, probably thought nothing of it, or he thought everything of it. And was like, Delvin cook is going to get hurt. Or it might get hurt. So I'm going to pick up Alexander Madison for $1. Um, I think if Madison was on waivers this week, how much do you think he would go for on Fab? How much do you think Nick would pay for Alexander Madison this week if he was on waivers? Oh, man. Um, I mean, you're probably at least using 20 to 25% at the minimum for, for Alexander Madison this week if you if he was on waivers. Yep. So he has a he added an asset on Saturday before, uh, before game time and just for free, basically. You know, $1 added a big-time big asset. So big yeah. win. Big win on his end there. And then last segment here before we get into the weekly matchups, um, 
we'll do this every time a trade comes through. I want uh, I want to grade the trade. Um, I won't have too much input on this one because it is a, a trade of my my team. Um, but I want to highlight the trade so everybody knows what it you know what it was, what's happening, and then Vic, uh, love to hear your thoughts on it. So um, I traded Darnell Henderson and Cortland Sutton to Garrett for Mike Evans and Tyler Boyd. Um, Vic. What are your thoughts? Well, while you're thinking, because I know you got to process this trade completely, let me just say that the initial trade offer was Darnell Henderson and Cortland Sutton for Evans and Herbert. And when I, <laughs> I didn't look at, uh, I did not look at Garrett's team. So when I saw Evans and Herbert, I thought he was talking about Justin Herbert. And I was like, yeah, sounds great to me. Let's do it. <laughs> like, and I then, need a quarterback. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll throw, I'll throw him on the bench. He's hurt this week. That's fine. And then, uh, I went and looked at his team to send the trade over, and I was like, oh, he doesn't have Justin Herbert. He has Khalil Herbert, who, looking back, probably a better trade piece. But um, go ahead and give me your thoughts on that trade, Vic. Um, so I thought it was a really even trade, to be honest with you. Um, the Daryl Henderson piece of it, it's looking like you can maybe have got away with one there if they're really not going to use him as much as they did week one. I don't know how the game script just completely flipped on him. Uh, Sutton, uh, so Henderson Sutton, I think are both good pieces. I think Cortland Sutton's going to be fine by the end of the year. I, I like your trade for Mike Evans uh, year in, year out. We talked about it from the beginning of the year that he just ends up being a really good player for you. And you can see what he can do. He's, he's loved in the end zone by Brady. He'll get a lot of touchdowns once he's healthy or not healthy. Once he's back in the game, once he's not suspended. So mm-hmm. you just got to hope that injuries don't plague him and that he doesn't get suspended because those are the things that keep him out of the game. Sutton is actually a little bit more of a consistent player who is usually in there. He doesn't really get hurt too much. Just had the long-time injury two seasons ago. That's it, and since then he's been fine. Tyler Boyd as well I think is a – it's not a bad grab in that trade. Just a a throw in, you know, just somebody – that's a good offense to have a wide receiver in. That's the way I look at it. T. Higgins just keeps, you know, walking the wire there with injuries every single week. So who knows what happens once if I mean if Higgins goes down, then it's Boyd's game. And Boyd just had a huge game. I think he had two T two Ds. Uh excuse me, two TDs. He had one long one. I know that for sure. Had 20 points on my bench. So he had a uh a pretty good week. But yeah, that's kind of what how I pictured it. Early on in the season, I think you see a lot more trades that are look dead even because guys don't have as much of opinions on players yet to where they differ all too much. Um so that's kind of when I offer the trade, I was like I feel like this is a very, very fair trade. Um, You know, no one, not one side got a huge uh, advantage over the other. Both got better, I think, in the long run. Yeah, I think I think it was a fair trade as well. Really, the biggest piece is going to be what what Daryl Henderson ends up doing. So if he ends up being great, there's a obviously a tip of scales there. But Mm -hmm. if he's not doing well, then it looks like you may have won this trade if Daryl Henderson does nothing. Just to be completely honest, my biggest reason for trading for even initiating this trade is I had two players on the Vikings, two players on the Broncos, and it was very hard to rely on both those offenses. So I figured if I could upgrade Sutton, which I view Evans an upgrade to diversify the offense a little bit, not, and I just don't want to watch Russell Wilson play quarterback right now, because it's yeah. so hard to watch. Yeah. You hate to see it, especially in those 11 to 10 games. Yes. That, yes. You know, just terrible to watch year. as, cause I, I already have to watch it for Javante. So it's uh, hard enough. It's hard enough for that. All right, let's move on to the next segment, which is going to be re- uh, going over uh, these future matchups here for week four. Um, 
we're going to go through each matchup, give our thoughts on each and who's going to win, and possibly go over some hot takes. I think we should go over a couple hot takes, and, and we'll go from there with it. Um, first matchup here, doing lines on Waller Street versus Steven Glansberg. Um, correct, I'm, I mean, correct, Roberts, I am going to um, send this over to you here, considering it's involving my team, which I'm just not going to say anything about anymore. And uh, I'll let you take it from here. I don't know if it's going to make a different difference, Vic. You, I think you might, you think you're jinxing yourself, but you might just keep losing either way. But yeah, there's uh, the jinx, the reverse jinx, the triple <laughs> jinx. It all, it all happens. We'll see what works for you. Um, I am going to pick you to win this week, Vic. Um, I still am worried about his, uh, about Nate's running back room. I think his running back room is going to have a really, really bad week this week. Um, minus Zeke. I think Zeke's going to have a good week. But um, if he sticks with this lineup, Clyde, J.K. Dobbins, and Alexander Madison, between tough, all of them have tough matchups. They just do. I just don't think his receivers with Stafford at quarterback um, are going to be able to put up enough points to overcome your team, who still is pretty solid. You have question marks for sure. Um, DeAndre Swift, obviously, um, biggest injury question. Uh, but you got A.J. Dillon sitting there on your bench, who you can always play. Um, I think uh, I don't necessarily have a uh, reason why you're going to outperform his team, but I think his team is going to have the negative week this week, which will allow you to win. I don't, I don't see you going off this week, this team, um, but I think you'll, you'll score enough to win. Thank you. Appreciate it. You good luck. You you need it. Yeah, I do need it. I it's a big matchup it. though for, for everybody this week, moving, going either one, one and three or two and two, I feel like is a huge swing. Yeah. Most definitely. So me and Nate are both going to be fighting to go two and two here. Um, I'm excited. I mean, I just got to see how this team works out. I it, it it sucks. I feel like, you know, week three is usually a week where you're like, all right, I know what my team's about. And I still don't know what my team's fully about yet. So we'll see what happens this week. Uh, let's go ahead and move into the next one, though. Uh, yeah. Enough of my team. Um, the next match here is going to be Kretz, Praters, Taters versus Allen and Chase Bank. Uh, I personally picked uh, Allen in this one, which, I, you know, it's a hard decision to make, blah, blah, blah. I know Kretz is not that good, but actually it was a hard decision to make this week. I think it's going to be a very, very close game. Um, but Kret rolling with DK and Tyler Lockett and with, and as his starting wide receivers is not only trusting both of them, but now you're putting all your trust into Geno Smith doing something against us. So um, in the Seattle versus Lions game. So I just don't know if that's going to work out for him in his running back room. Uh, obviously, I mean, I mean, his wide receiver room, obviously he has Josh Allen, which is a huge plus for him. Um, this is a week I think Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara both can hopefully carry Kret's team, but in the end, there's too many question marks there, and I'm just gonna have to go with uh Allen on this one with a more settled team than what Kretz is at. Yeah, no, I'm also I'm right there with you. I'm going with Chase Bank, going with Allen, like you said, I think Kret has a lot of the better matchups this week, minus the two receivers in the same game on a low scoring offense, but um, crit had a player not play two weeks in a row. Um, 
Allen's been out here grinding for wins after some injuries have hurt him early on in the season. So I am uh, going to trust the manager this week more so than the players. And I think Allen will be the better manager this week and will manage a victory um, on top of having some decent matchups um, for his players to come out and put up some points in. Yeah, come on, Krat. You got a two weeks in a row where you played two player played players that just weren't even in the game. And the Keenan Allen one, it's not like Keenan Allen was a game time decision. He was out, you know, early on. I mean, you weren't going to win either way, but it's still good. You never know. End right? of the, I mean, end of the year. Listen, happening. listen, if you lose, you need those points at the end of the year to make playoffs. You to do not be in dead last. I mean, it's going to not be seating. playing on the toilet bill, you know, it's yeah, a you in that game. So points, every single point matters. Um, especially with the wild card position going to that most points. So make sure you get as many points as you can, uh, no matter what, unless you want to wear a dress, unless you're a big dress guy, which yeah. I've never seen Cretan a dress, but maybe there's another side to him that we don't know about. <laughs> I don't know if I want to see it. Um, but <laughs> Uh, we'll move on to the next matchup. We have Dalvin Cook bought me this gun versus the Harvison Method. Um, Roberts, I do have you winning this matchup uh, this week as well against Nick. Uh, I know Nick's on a two losing, two game losing streak, such as your boy here. Uh, but I think that losing streak is going to continue, unfortunately for him, and fortunately for you. I, the the injuries that he has on his team, and and Dalvin Cook and T Higgins, um, I I don't know what's going to happen there with them, and his inconsistency at tight end and the flexes scare me as well too. I know he's got Adam Thielen back in the lineup um, again this week, and then Dawson Knox still the. The tight end for him, which is like, all right, that's Dawson Knox. He's on a good offense, but it's it, he's a little bit banged up, which I know it doesn't show it, but he does have a, kind of a little bit big of a banged up foot. Hasn't really started the season off too hot either. So yeah, I mean, I, he is carrying three three tight ends on his roster, so he might change it up a few times. He might throw some other guys in there. That's a lot of roster commitment to your tight end spot. It is. It, it really is, and none of them even look remotely <laughs> compelling to. Even like I understand why you have Dawson Knoxing because you don't want to put yes. those other two guys in. Yes, so for sure. I would start unloading those guys if I'm Nick. I, I think they're just roster clogs for him. Yeah, he probably has some. He probably has some waiver claims, and we'll give him benefit of the doubt. Well, yeah. I hope I hope you're right this week, Vic. I hope yeah. I can move to three and one. Yeah, I think you you think you're going to. Uh, the next matchup: CMC, these nuts, Mitch's team versus Weber, half point PPR Chubb or half PPR Chubb. Mitch has been talking a lot of crap about Weber, uh, to me at least. You say somebody needs to humble him. He's getting too cocky, especially in the group me. So I think Mitch is Mitch is making this this matchup personal uh, this week, and I do have him beating out Weber and, and ruining the win streak for Weber. I think it's going to be close, but I do like Mitch's matchups more, um, especially especially with CD going against that commander secondary. That commander secondary for the past three weeks in a row, um, they've been letting people ruin them. I think it was Christian Kirk week one, Amon Ross St. Brown week two, Devontae Smith yesterday. I mean, not yesterday, on Sunday. And I think CD this week is going to eat. I also think that Noah Brown is going to eat, which may be a waiver wire ad for some people this week if you're looking for a deep wide receiver. 
of the Dallas Cowboys, Cooper Cush or Cooper Rush is uh, <laughs> uh, Cooper Rush loves him, and this Commander secondary has just been getting beaten all year. So I yeah. think I think Mitch is going to end up winning this one. Yeah, definitely the matchup of the week. I think big time, uh, big time battle there. Uh, yeah, I also have uh, have Mitch this week. Um, I think I'm on Ross St. Brown getting that ankle injury. Hurts Weber, that was a wide receiver one that he got late, late in the draft, who was helping that wide receiver room. Um, I don't expect Devontae Smith to have as good as a week as he did last week. He might be solid, but I don't see 26 points coming out of him again. And yeah, I think I think Mitch has some really solid matchups this week. Um, you mentioned CeeDee Lamb, Mike Williams at Houston, even McCaffrey and Fournette both have decent matchups, I believe. Jamal Williams against Seattle. I, 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 like, I like everybody. Let me ask you a question. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on like talking about red alert early on, how about the chargers offense? I, for some reason, I just like, don't doubt it. I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. Justin Herbert will be fine. He's a great quarterback. Um, but there's like definitely reason to doubt it. Um, Mike Williams has always been, I would say inconsistent at best. He disappears for weeks and then blows up and it sucks having him, but it also is awesome having him when he does blow up. Um, but they got to start putting it together sooner rather than later. Two, three more weeks of this. My red alert will finally start to ticker. It's just something about the Chargers being the Chargers. You just believe they're going to have a good offense, and you believe everything's going to be okay. But you're right. Uh, maybe they aren't. Maybe they just aren't good. It's it's weird. I mean, Rashawn Slater went down today. Yeah, starting left tackles out now. Uh, it's it's a weird situation out there. It, 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 it doesn't. Good. It's not. It's not trending in the right direction with Austin Eckler still not really putting up that running back one performance. Mike Williams wasn't used that last game. That game against Jacksonville was terrible. Yeah, it's for the Chargers. Yeah, it's against Jacksonville. Like I feel like people talk about Jacksonville like they talk about Detroit, and now <laughs> Jacksonville is starting to get respect because they 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 beat this team pretty handily. And I don't know. I'm I'm worried if I have. Chargers um, offensive players right now, not like terribly worried, but it just doesn't seem like it's going in the right direction. It's not reliable. That's for sure. Yeah. It's not what you expected when you drafted someone there. Let me ask you real quick, um, Lamar Jackson or Buffalo, how you feeling? Um, obviously you play him. No doubt you play him. He's the man. Um, 25 points is his line right now. You think he's going to go over under that? I think he's going to go over it. Um, and reason being is Buffalo's just beat up. Within one week, Buffalo went from the scariest defense in the league to really not that terrifying. They they they, they need help and they're weak yeah. in the secondary right yeah. now. Micah Hyde's gone for the season. They keep getting injuries. Uh, Lamar Jackson is just matchup proof. It doesn't matter who it is. I think he's going to get over 25. I think he's going to get over 25 in every single game this year. I think he's got a home run in Lamar Jackson just because his feet. I mean, the guy's running for touchdowns every single game. So yeah. if you have your QB doing that, um, you're going to be all right. Amon Ra being hurt for Weber, not really that great. You know, um, James Conner, I'm not really too sold on him anymore. That's the part of that Arizona Cardinals offense. He's got some big plays. I mean, it's between carrying him, right? Like players who can put up 25 to 30 points. Yep. That's that's not a QB. But I just think that luck's going to slowly start running out for him. But we'll yep. see what happens. I think yep. but I do see Mitch taking the, taking the win on this one. Next matchup uh, we're going to go into, and the last matchup is Marky's Magnificent Team or Marcus's Magnificent Team versus Tim Team Bo. 
we got three and zero versus zero and three, and I am not anticipating an upset. I think Marky is going to win again this week, and I think Garrett is going to lose uh, again this week. Unfortunately for Garrett, he's he's going to be starting off zero and four. Um, the reason being, uh, Amari Cooper starting to come to life before our eyes. George Kittle getting back on the field for two weeks in a row. This time he had a little bit of extra rest because it's going to be on a Monday night primetime game. And Tyreek Hill simply does not like Eli Apple. And I think he's just going to crap all over him this weekend as well, too. Yep. So that's my yeah. uh, my reasoning for Marky beating t- uh, Tim Tebow this week. Yeah, I am. Um... I'm picking an upset, big time upset here, Marky. I promise it's nothing personal against you. I keep ripping your team, and your team's good. <laughs> Clearly, it's good. I will admit that's good. Um, but stuff happens in fantasy football. Stuff happens in real football. Um, Garrett has a team full of NFL players. Might be all I can say for Garrett's team is they are NFL players, um, but they can score points. So why not? Why not win? Um, I don't have a ton of logic behind this pick. Um, but Joe Burrow's good. Cortland Sutton's good. Austin Eckler's good. So Travis Kelsey's great. So why can't he outscore, uh, outscore Marky this week if he doesn't have a uh, otherworldly week? I get it. I mean, I understand. It's not like the projections are off, but no. it's, five, it's a five-point projection. Yeah. Um, and, but... It's just, again, he just going back to what I said last week, because the players on his team, there's nobody that is, besides Travis Kelsey, is that special or has shown that they're that special. Austin Eckler should have been that guy. He's not that guy. Could be the week uh, for him. Houston's very, very bad against the running back. They are. Uh, you're right. Chicago did just kind of crap on Houston in the run game. Khalil Herbert came out there and just ruined them after David Montgomery got hurt. So you're not wrong. They're at Houston, though. That offense for the Chargers, though, going back to it, now it's not even, like, his issue. It's Now it's a team issue. At mm-hmm. the beginning of the year, it was just an Austin Eckler issue. He wasn't getting utilized. And the team was healthy. The team was good. Now the team is still banged up. They don't look good. Justin Herbert's hurt. It, it just nothing is leading towards Austin Eckler's way. I don't think this is – I think he's going to have a fine week like he has been this this whole year. He's going to get 9 to 12 points, and that's that's what it's going to be in this game again. Yeah, so. it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. I'd like to see yeah. a good matchup here, whether Garrett wins or not. I just I, I think it can still be a good matchup, but that's what I hope for. Hope, look out, I'm hoping for a full week of just like close matchups coming up because there haven't been any close matchups. Look out for that Michael Carter against Pittsburgh game. Yep. Uh, I think Michael Carter will have a good game. Pittsburgh has like the worst run defense right now, so – um, Mike Carter may have a big game and Brees Hall as well, which I think Marky has Brees Hall. So he does. That would be interesting to see if they play. Yeah. If they play each running back. Yep. All right. And that'll do it for the recap or not the recap. I'm sorry. The forecast for this upcoming week. Last thing I think that we're going to get into is just previewing the highest scoring tight end as that's the position week position of the week. Uh, this week for getting paid out for not only the highest having the highest scoring team, but if you have the highest scoring tight end, we in week four you'll get paid out as well. Um, Roberts, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, we we mentioned this a few weeks back, but kind of those obvious picks. Who there's no really point of us projecting them because everybody's going to make the same guess. Two guys that stand out just 
talent alone, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are those guys that most likely are going to be in contention for number one tight end on the week. So we're not going to pick those two guys. So point those two guys out. They're studs. We know they're tight ends right now. So yeah, absolutely. So my, my pick is going to be Robert Tunyon this week. Um, Green Bay still kind of decimated the wide receiver position. Robert Tunyon, fourth weekend. He's going to have a game where he scores two touchdowns. Kind of the same approach I took with Derrick Henry last week. There was going to be a time where Derrick Henry started playing well again, and he did. Robert Tunyon isn't going to be isn't going to have ten catches for hundred yards, but he could very easily have four catches for fifty yards and two touchdowns, and that a lot of times is enough for tight end one on the week. Yeah, I mean. Tunyon's always there. He's you can pick him up and put him in the lineup if you yep. need to, because there can be a, a couple of games where Rogers is just looking at him and he just loves Tunyon that game because the wide receiver corps is starting to come together in in Green Bay, but it's still not fully there and full in uh, Aaron Rodgers' trust, I guess. And Robert Tunyon's been there for a little bit for him, so I can see that. I can see that happening. Like you said, why not this week? Yeah. Um, my pick of this week is going to be none other than rookie sensation Irv Smith Jr. Second year. Second year player, right? Is it? No, I think he's a rookie. No, no, he's second year player. Irv Smith Jr. this week is who I'm going to go with. I think that Minnesota, though, they got the win last week against the Lions. They have to figure out how to get Justin Jefferson open because that's going to be the only way that they're going to dominate this game. the games is by getting the ball to Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook out. I know Alexander Madison is a very, very similar back to Dalvin Cook, but he's not Dalvin Cook's talent. He, he just isn't. He's good. He's close to it. He would probably start on some teams, really, if he got traded. Uh, it's kind of like a Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott kind of situation there. But I think Irv Smith, Kirk Cousin likes him. They throw the ball to him. He can catch it. He's fast as a tight, for a tight end. I think he's going to have a big game this weekend. I think they're going to utilize him a whole lot more. Yeah, he he had that bomb that he dropped um, last week. Yep. You know, before this this week's week two, he had a bomb that he dropped for the touchdown, probably. So he's involved. He he has the opportunity, can easily put up points. He gets a lot of looks. He does get a lot of looks. So okay. if you need and, a tight end out there, he maybe both of these guys are on the waivers if, on yep. the waiver wire. So it might be something you want to look into. Yeah, absolutely. I think that just about wraps it up for any preview recap. Anything like that, Vic? I mean, any last words going into this week? No. Uh, good luck to all of you, uh, especially the 0-3 and, and 1-2 and teams. It, just know how your mental state can be when you see your team go to 1-3 and or 0-4. It just doesn't look good. You don't feel confident. You start tilting. You start making those decisions that may end up even digging you into a bigger hole. So try not to fall for that this week. We got a good Thursday night game in Cincy versus Miami. Uh, should be a lot of points, a lot of players being played on Thursday to set the tone for the matchups going into Sunday. So very excited for that game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be creative this week. Manufacture wins, make moves, make waiver claims, make trades. Uh, that's how you're going to – if you're one of those teams that's on the bottom half of the leaderboard, that's how you get it to the top. And if you're a team on the top, that's how you stay there. So don't stay stagnant. Love to see the transaction wire be hot this week. For sure. All of you have a great week four, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.